Ooh, okay. I'm already feeling it. <laughs> uh, so today I'm gonna preach. Um, we're doing, if this is your first time, we've been doing um, our series on our core values as a church. And there's our core values, presence, transformation, prayer. But right now we're on evangelism. And we're looking at evangelism. And uh, I'm just excited for just the call of God even over this house when it comes to evangelism and how we're gonna reach this city. And just like, God has given really just such like, uh, like I'm just so thankful to be under a pastor like Paul and just his heart to reach the lost. Like we're, he's like, we're not gonna grow this church on transfer growth, we're gonna reach the lost. Like this is gonna be a church that reaches the lost. It's gonna reach people in our city that don't know Jesus. And he's putting such a good framework in place so that we can really do it and that we can really do it effectively. And so I'm gonna talk on evangelism. And evangelism is a really big part of my testimony. Uh, the title of this sermon that I gave it was The Mighty Harvest. Do you believe there's a mighty harvest? Do you believe there's a mighty harvest? Like I believe there's a very mighty harvest and I don't just say like there's going to be a mighty harvest, like I believe the harvest is here right now. Like today, it's, it's for us right now and we're just waiting on the church to wake up and actually go. And there is a mighty harvest. And when, you see, when I was uh, 17 years old, I, it was my senior year of high school. And it's, uh, that was, and uh, many of you know my testimony, but for those that don't know my testimony, just, I was 17 years old and um, I grew up knowing God, knowing more about God, but not really knowing God. Like I knew who he was, I knew, like I went to church growing up my whole life, but I didn't really know him, like really have a personal relationship with him. And it was my senior year that God sent people to reach me. Like God sent people, like what I'm saying is that actually I believe that's even there's people in this room right now. Like I was a kid that went to church every day but I didn't really know him. Like there's even people right here right now today that have been going to church but you don't really know him. And God used people in this church to reach me. I grew up in this church my whole life but didn't really know him and he sent people to reach me. It was one of my close friends, Michael Porter and uh, I was like trying to figure out where I wanted to go to college and he reaches out to me and we're like, hey man, why don't I just take you to lunch? We go to lunch and we didn't talk about college the whole time, he just shares the gospel with me. And then um, God just started to send people. God loves to use people to reach his people. God loves to use his people to reach his people. And so uh, my buddy Tim, he reaches out to me randomly out of the blue. This is a guy I knew my freshman year of high school, but I didn't really like, like I hadn't really like stayed connected with him. I just knew his, his, his freshman year or his sophomore year, he was like expelled because he was like selling drugs in his school. And so he reaches out to me and he's like, hey man, do you wanna hang out? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And so like, um, this is just this journey where like I saw what was on Michael's life and I was like, I really need this. Like I want this for myself. I like need what's on his life. And so he reaches out to me, we go to lunch, or no, we, he actually comes over to my house and he, the whole conversation is about Jesus. It's about Jesus and I'm like, what is this? These guys know who they are. They're just so confident in who they are. I want this for myself. 
And so this began the journey of where I went on a uh, um, Allen, and it was actually, it's in this season right here. Allen would often call the church to a 40-day fast. Um, he'd call the church to a 40-day fast during Lent, and I decided that I, and I, and I'd heard him always doing this growing up, but I was like, I've never done it, so I was like, I'm gonna take a break. For me, it was like going to the gym every single day, like, I had, and it wasn't the gym itself, it was attached to the gym. I was so insecure, I cared so much about what other people thought. I was like, I need to lay this on the altar. This is an idol in my life. I don't really know Jesus because of this. And so instead of going to the gym, I stopped going to the gym, I just started spending time with Jesus every single day in prayer. And, um, but where everything really started to happen and just like really extremely changed for my life was, um, Alan Hawkins, the founder of our, our church, he took me out to lunch, and I was telling him all that the Lord was doing, and I told him, I said, I feel like God wants me to quit the track team. And this is my senior year. I was like, I feel like he, I'm still holding on to something. I feel like he wants me to give that up. And he was like, Ethan, are you supposed to be at practice right now? And I was like, yeah, I am. He's like, well, if God's telling you to do it, then you need to go tell your coach right now that you're not gonna be on the track team. And at this point, like, I literally had nothing left. So I go to my coach, I turn in my uniform, I get home, and I'm in my home, and I'm standing in, like, I, like I'm in my bedroom, and I'm just pacing, and I'm just talking to God. I'm like, God, I've given you everything. I have nothing left at this point. Like, what do you want me to do? And, like, I'm like, I don't have, like, all I'm doing is going to school. Like, track was the only thing I still had at this point. And the Lord spoke to me in that moment. He says, you know me, Ethan, and there's a lot of people out there that don't know me. Like, you had an encounter with me, and, and I need you to now share what you've been given. And this is when my life really started changing, is when I learned what it meant to be a Christian was not just to be a person who just receive, 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 but to be that living water, to be that river. Paul talked about it as a river. When you're a pool of water, and the water just sits there, it starts to grow algae, and it starts to grow all this bacteria. But when you're a river, that's when the water's healthy. And I feel like some of us right now, now it's like we need more of God we need more of God but God's like I can't give you more until you use what you already have like it's like I, I've given you something now use what you have and so what I learned I was like wow I need to start like going and so I remember I'm in my room and I'm standing there and I just feel this conviction and we're living in the downtown area and I, I get up and I run out the door. Like, I'm not just like walking, like I'm running down the streets of Albuquerque, downtown Albuquerque, and the first person I see, I'm like, look, uh, my, my name's Ethan, I know Jesus, I love Jesus, can I pray for you? I don't even remember what I said. Oh, but I was like, oh, this is really good. And I walk away from this, I'm like, this is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I don't just follow him, but I use what he's given me. Like, I don't just say yes to him, I say yes to him. So God, we are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. We can't just take what we get from God and just keep it to ourselves and just hoard it. And it's like, no, 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 there is a mighty harvest and the laborers are few. So pray earnestly for the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. Like we're waiting for, the, for our people to rise up. And I feel like 
just the call of God over this house and even what Paul has been pressing in for this church is that we aren't just gonna be a church that's okay with Sundays. We have to be a church that's like, wow, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep like sharing what I've received. Does this make sense? So listen, look, we had, it was so incredible because I'm like, we did a survey for the youth and I wanted to find out what our favorite, like the youth, his favorite activity was. So I had like on there, I was like, you know, you have the choice of like, you know, our youth conference or camps or fun activities. But at the end of the year, when we did this survey in December, out of our 45, 50 youth, the thing that came out top was outreach. But you understand this, understand this, this is the deep longing in our hearts. Like this generation doesn't just wanna come to church and have fun and play crazy games. And yes, we do that stuff, but this generation wants to have an impact. This generation wants to see change. If we read the God of the Bible that says he healed the sick, he cast out demons like he did this stuff, then we have to do it too. You have to get this. So look, there's three things that I wanna cover we're gonna talk about three points when it comes to evangelism. This is, when I prayed, when I was even doing this sermon, it was just like, it just started coming. Um, uh, it really just like, really, I just was like, oh, okay. It was like in one day, I went and had a prayer walk and the Lord just started downloading this to me. But there's three things I wanna talk about. The first point that we're gonna look, and if you're taking notes, is we must sow seeds. Somebody say, we must sow seeds. We have to sow seeds. And Jesus, he does an, there's an amazing parable that we're gonna read if you wanna turn to your Bibles. Matthew 13, three through nine. And then we're gonna skip around to 13, 18 through 23, where Jesus explains this parable. It says, and they, he told them many things in the parable saying, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun arose, they were scorched, and since they did not have root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns and thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain. And a hundredfold, some 60, some 30, 30, who, he who has ears, let him hear. I'm sorry, it's so hard for me to read sometimes after I just like go like, ah. <laughs> All right, if you wanna skip down 13, 18 through 23, it says, here then the parable of the sower, just as Jesus, the disciples are like, what are you talking about, Jesus, when it comes to this parable? So he explains the parable, and he says this in 18. Here then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in the heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation and persecution arises, account from the word, immediately he falls away. As for the, what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world 
and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. As for the, what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. And he indeed bears fruit and yields in the case a hundredfold, another 60 and another 30. You see, the purpose of this parable is it's about the condition of the soil where the seed is planted. It's about the condition of the soil where the seed is planted. My uh, grandparents are here, um, and uh, I am, I, I'm so thankful for them and so thankful for my legacy and just like what I learned. But every summer, I would go out to uh, Clovis, New Mexico. There are farmers and ranchers in Clovis, New Mexico. And we would, uh, yeah, you can give a, hallelujah. <laughs> and I would work on the field with him. And he was a, you know, he's a rancher. Uh, he farmed wheat and, um, oh, thank you, Malia. But I remember growing up with him and sitting on the tractor with him. And uh, before you go out on the tractor and you plant anything, whatever it is you're planting, you go in and you have this seed drill and you fill this seed drill with tons of seed. Um, and you know, this seed drill is designed to make very even rows and like sow the seed in places so we know where that seed is going, it's going in very good soil. We have the technology and we have the ability now to sow seeds where it's not like this, what Jesus is referring to in ancient Middle Eastern culture, the way you would sow seed is you have your sack of seed and you're just throwing out seed. And some of that seed is gonna fall in good ground. Some of that seed is gonna fall in the rocky ground. Some of that seed's not gonna fully take root and it's gonna grow. And it's just as Jesus is saying, sometimes when you preach the word of God, when you go out and share the gospel, when you go out and, and share Jesus with people, it's gonna be like this. Some of it's gonna land in the ground where the evil one comes and snatches it. Others are gonna receive it in joy and then their cares of life get in the way. But you see the purpose and the thing that I wanted you to, uh, to understand and when I'm talking about sowing seed, it's not, the farmer never goes back when the seed falls on the rocky ground. The farmer never goes back and picks up that seed and be like, oh, that seed fell in the wrong spot. See, it's not up to us to decide what's good soil. It's not up to us to say, this is good ground where the seed's planted. No, 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 no. Our job is to sow seeds. Our job is we just start planting seeds and start putting seed in the ground. And we trust the Lord of the harvest to be the one who brings the growth. And see, I think some of us are like waiting and we're like those farmers that are kind of like farmers today where we're like sowing seeds and we're like, well, we gotta make sure it's in good ground and it's gonna be in even rows and this is what it looks like. And you know, no, 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 no. Like I learned this in sales. I used to be in sales and I, I had to do 100 calls a day. 20 of, out of the 100 calls I would make, 20 of those people would answer. Out of the 20 people that, I would, that would answer, only like three to four of those people would maybe close, maybe. And you see what I'm saying is I think some of us are like, well, I gotta just wait for the perfect opportunity to preach the gospel. I have to wait for the perfect opportunity to share the gospel. And God's like, no, 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 you just go out and sow seeds and you trust me, the one to bring the growth. 
Does this make sense what I'm saying? We went to McKinley, we've been going every week to McKinley Middle School. And uh, God is just opening doors in this school. They've given us a classroom now. They give us a classroom at the lunch period. We had 30 students come in and I preached the gospel to these 30 students. <laughs> and uh, I'm just sharing my testimony and just preaching the simple gospel to these kids because they don't know Jesus. They don't know the gospel. Like they don't know God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes. And it's just like, these are the God, that's all I'm telling these kids. And we had five of those kids at the end after I shared that said, I wanna give my life to Jesus. And I, I was with Will, who's here this morning, and I was like, look guys, if you just made the decision to follow Jesus this morning, and this is your first time to make this decision, I want you to make sure you stay after for a bit, because we serve food afterwards, and I want you to talk to one of my leaders, or talk to me about the decision you just made. And uh, it was so crazy, because one of those students stayed behind, and I felt kind of discouraged. Like I did, I felt a little discouraged. And it was actually Will, he told me this. He said, Ethan, he says, we can't get this wrong. I was like, what do you mean you can't get this wrong? He's like, you can't get this wrong. He says, there's often times that people go their whole life without hearing the gospel. And they reached in their life and none of, no one, like the people that actually knew it, never stepped out and shared it with them. And he says, he says we're just sowing seeds, Ethan. We're just sowing seeds. Like we gotta just keep sowing seeds. We just gotta keep sowing seeds into the ground and trusting that God is gonna bring the growth in these kids' lives. And so uh, that kind of brings me to my next point. My next point is this. Point number two, God will bring the growth. God will bring the growth. God's gonna receive the glory in it. It's not about us. He's gonna receive the glory in it. Jesus is gonna receive his reward. It's not about the one who goes out and plants. It's about him, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus, it's about Jesus. We have to make it about Jesus. We have to keep it about Jesus. And uh, I've been studying in 1 Corinthians. Um, I'm, I'm, in like, I'm in grad school right now and I'm in this uh, hermeneutics class and it's been really interesting because I, I've been doing an exegetical paper on, on Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. And when you look into the context and you just look at the story, it's so interesting to know, like I was just kind of like, for me it was really interesting to learn about the struggle of the people of Corinth. Because their greatest struggle is they were, they were so prideful and they were so arrogant, they were always making it about a person. They were always trying to follow a person and it was causing disunity and it was causing problems in the church and it was like Paul comes in and he's just preaching Jesus the whole time. He just keeps making it about Jesus. He just keeps making it about Jesus. And so I just wanna read from 1 Corinthians 5, 3, 5, which says this if you wanna open your Bibles. It says, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believe as a Lord assigned to each. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the growth. Come on, somebody say, God gave the growth. 
He says, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God brings the growth. So neither he who plants or neither he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He plants and he waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's builder. You see, it's not about the planter, it's not about the one who waters. It's about God who's gonna bring the growth. It's about God who's gonna bring the growth. That doesn't mean you stop planting. It doesn't mean, God wants to partner with us. God wants to do it with us, he needs us. Like, actually, he doesn't need us. He's gonna do what he's gonna do no matter what, but he really wants to use us. He really wants to partner with us. And, And he's waiting for us to be like, well, I'm just gonna start planting. I'm just gonna start watering. But you know what, it's not up to, like, it's not about us. It's not about the one who plants. We can't make it about us. And so like, we have to make it about him who brings the growth. Um, there's gonna be times in your life where you're planting. I mean, we've been going after like evangelism around the table and like how, how effective and even how Jesus evangelized and he brought people and he ate a meal with them and then he shared the gospel with him. You might be planting seeds after seed after seed of saying, hey, you should come over for dinner. You should come over for dinner. You should come over for dinner. We just gotta keep being faithful with those seeds. You know, you might have those seeds that you keep planting in your life where you keep praying for that person at work or they come in and they have a bad day and you just share the gospel with them, but they don't yet receive it. We just have to keep planting those seeds. And then there is gonna be a day where you start to see those seeds start to, something's gonna start coming up. And then, you know what? You might be part of that watering process and you might start to actually get to water that seed. Or it might be someone completely different. It might be, you're like, wait a second, I was the one that was planting those seeds. Why am I not the one that's watering? Like, no, 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 it's not about us, it's about him, he's gonna bring the growth. We, we were on McKinley, and before we had the classroom, what we were doing is we would just go on the campus, and we would hand out donuts and just love on students. Just like, it would be like, we're gonna hand out, we'd get 60 donuts, and we're just handing out these donuts, and we're just praying for students and sharing the gospel with students and just telling students who they are. Identity, 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 this generation doesn't know who they are. It's just, oh, they're so lost and there's so many voices and there's so much noise. And so like, just tell, and you see a young person, just tell that kid who they are. Just tell them who they are. Tell them what Jesus says about them. Tell them what Jesus sees in them because they're so lost. There's so much I'm just seeing, so much. I'm like, man, it was the struggle in my own life. I was like, I don't know who I am. I need someone to just tell me who I am. What does God say about me? When I, when I caught that, I was able to run towards my calling. But I, I started to, uh, these students are just coming up and there's this one student, she comes up to me and I was like, hey, you want a donut? And then I'm just like, hey, I feel like the Lord, can I just pray for you? And so I pray for this student and uh, I tell her just, I really just give her like a word of just like, hey, I just like saw a word about her like just struggling with stuff that's happening at her home and just with her family and just even insecurities that she's having. And I just ministered into that. And then I asked her, I was like, do you know Jesus? And she's like, yeah, I kinda, I know God. And the conversation just really wasn't going anywhere. And it was just kinda interesting. She walks away and there's this one student on this campus and she's like, 
she knows Jesus. She's like one of the few there that like really knows Jesus. And she was friends with this girl. And she goes to her friend and um, this friend, she comes to her friend in tears. She's just like crying and she's like, there's this guy who just like literally just told me like all these things and I don't know how he knows this about me. Like he told me all these things and there's no way, like I didn't tell him. And she was like, that's because it's Jesus and he knows you and he wants relationship with you. And God used him to speak to you that you are loved and that you are cherished and that you belong. And she is then able to witness to her friend and then share the gospel because of the seeds that I planted. And then she was able to just water those seeds. See, it's not about me who, it's not about the one who plants. It's not about the one who waters. It's about God who's gonna bring the growth. It's about glorifying him. It's like we gotta give glory to Jesus. He's gonna be the one who brings about the harvest. We can't make it about us. We have to make it about him. We can't make it about our strategy, our method, or what we're doing. We have to always come, like God gives us creative strategy. God gives us, I think God has given this church such a creative strategy to reach this city around the table and in community. But at the end of the day, we still have to make it about Jesus. Because when we make it about the method, we stop making it about Jesus. And we're like, my way is better than your way, or my ways is this. I've, I really think so biblically, it's a, there's such a strong biblical evidence for evangelizing around the table, but at the end of the day, God is going to bring the growth. How are you guys doing? Good. Come on. Okay, so my last point, point three, there is a mighty harvest. There is a mighty harvest. Church, there is not going to be a mighty harvest. There is a mighty harvest. There is a mighty harvest, and I have been seeing it, and God is just waiting for us to just start going. There is blessing in our going. There is blessing in our going. The moment we say yes, God's like, okay, I'm gonna use you. It's like oftentimes we're like, God, use me, use me, give me a word to be used, give me a word of what I need to do, and God's just like, just go. Just literally just go, and I'm gonna come behind your going. I'm gonna start giving you clarity, because if we don't, if we have the perfect solution, if we have the perfect answer, what's the purpose of faith? Like, why do we even need faith at that point if we know exactly how it's gonna work and what it's gonna look like? No, 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 we need just like a yes, a strong yes, a strong go, and God's like, okay, now I'm gonna start giving you these solutions. I'm gonna start giving you these creative ideas. Start just loving on your neighbor. Start loving on the person next to you, and God will just continue to bless that. Does this make sense? So there is a mighty harvest in Matthew 9, 35, it says this, and Jesus went through all, throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were 
harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The harvest is, Jesus was saying that the harvest is plentiful in where he's currently at, like in his current time. This is centuries and, and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. If God was saying the harvest is plentiful then, how much more plentiful is the harvest today? If God was saying the, the harvest was plentiful back then, how much more plentiful is there a harvest today? And how much more earnestly do we need to be praying for the laborers? How much more do we need to be the laborers that step out and go? Uh, Stephen, if you could, um, you mind coming up and playing something? Uh, look, I have, when the Lord gave me this message, I just felt like the Lord was just like, build faith, build faith, build faith, build faith, build faith. Like, I just feel like we need faith and we need to see. Like, what, what was it, Josh? You said it so good. You said, we're not gonna have to think about what, like, it's just gonna be easier to point to what he's doing. And I see that right now. It's just so easy to point to people, to Jesus. It's like, it's gonna be so easy to point to Jesus because there's so much he's doing. And then they're like, it's gonna be like when things are just like, like when something's really popular and trendy, it's like nobody has to talk about it. You just know it. And you're like, hey, have you heard about it? Yeah, I've heard it, you know. I think the youth, what is it that, if you know, you know, this thing that you guys say all the time. <laughs> if you know, you know. It's like, that's what it is. It's just gonna be this thing where it's like, man, you, you just don't have, it's just gonna be in the air. It's just gonna be, look, as things get worse in our nation, as things get worse in our city, as things get worse in our world, God's just gonna, his light's just gonna shine much brighter. The darker it is, the brighter the light. The darker it is, the brighter the light. And I just feel like to build faith to this morning, like build faith this morning. The Lord just kept saying, build faith of the, what I'm doing. And I've just seen it. And you know what? I'm just like, I don't always get it right. I just go. I'm just like, okay, God, you want me to reach the schools. I don't know how to reach the schools, but I'm just gonna figure out a way to reach the schools. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on. So look, I, I'm just gonna, uh, man, that's crazy how it's just like, I'm just really ADD, so I get distracted by all this stuff. <laughs> uh, look, I just feel like to build faith, and I just want you guys to walk away today with faith, with a faith in you that there is a mighty harvest, that God is doing something. And Jesus went out all throughout, and he's healing every disease, every affliction, and when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. We have to have this same compassion. We have to have this compassion where it's like, oh, like there's people hurting. There's people that are helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. And then he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We had this event at the beginning of this year called Vision Night. And we had 20 kids um, give their lives to the Lord. 
10 of those kids got baptized. 10 of those kids made a decision. And then we had those baptisms two weeks ago. That was the fruit of that, of that night. And then, and then the week later we have, I mean, total, I think between this past week and the week before, we had over 90 baptisms. Come on, 90 baptisms. The harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. My youth and I, we went, I, I've been so convicted because I was like, there's so much hurt and such close proximity to us. And it's like, if we can't love the ones that are right next to us, how can we trust God to give us more? If we can't love the ones that are our neighbors, how can we trust God to give us a city? If we can't love the ones in our workplace, how can we ask God to give us more influence? And I was, I was just completely wrecked because, you know, when we, you drive down just up the road from us, and this is a good area and a good part of town, there's on San Pedro, there's just tons of like trailer houses. I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's like all these nice homes, and then all of a sudden there's just like poverty right there. And it's like, what is this? So I was like, hey guys, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go out and we're gonna hand out groceries to these people and we're just gonna knock on doors and share the gospel. And so we took a bunch of our youth two weeks ago. And I'm telling you, it was so powerful to see. And these are people just right next door to this church, to this amazing church where God is doing such great things. I'm like, we gotta love the neighbors that are our neighbors to this church. And so we go out and there's this one woman who hadn't had heat on for two weeks straight. She had no water in her home. She had no groceries. And we knock on the door with a bag of groceries. She's like, oh my gosh, I have groceries now. This is incredible. This is like literally four minutes from us. And I just say like, well, can we just pray for you? Can we just love on you? This is a woman who's extre experiencing extreme anxiety and depression and we're just able to share the gospel with her and love her. There's another woman we knock on the door. She had back pain in her back, like a, skip, like a level 10 back pain. She was gonna have to get um, surgery this, the next week. We pray for her. And I'm telling you, like we prayed for her. We prayed for her like 10, 15 times because there was not breakthrough after the first prayer. And we just kept praying for her. This woman who was bending over like this with a cane, walked away standing up straight with no cane and her cane in her hand like this. I'm saying the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. There's another woman who's actually I've been in contact with. I was really praying that she was gonna be here this morning with her family, but she, she hadn't had any COVID came and her family and like she has so many kids. She's the only one working in her house and we're able to just give her groceries and she, she's like, I know Jesus, but I haven't been in a church and I know I need family and we're able to pray for her. And at the end of it, she's just bawling and crying. And she's like, oh, she's like, where do you guys at? I'm like, we're right next door to you, come to church. What I'm saying is the harvest is plentiful. Just start going, just start going. This last Wednesday, two Wednesdays ago, two Wednesdays ago, um, Malia was supposed to preach and James got really, really sick. And uh, I was like, well, look, we're just gonna do longer worship then. And look, I'm just seeing such breakthrough in our youth and what God is doing is just incredible. He's not just like, kids aren't just getting like 
yes, saying yes to Jesus. They're getting delivered, they're getting transformed, they're getting set free. It is incredible to watch. This one youth who was baptized, the kid, one of the kids that was baptized, he said, hey, Ethan, ever since, and he's like, this is right before youth. He's like, Ethan, can I talk to you? And I'm like, sure, so we go off into another room. He says, Ethan, ever since I got baptized, I've just been convicted. And I've been convicted for things I normally wouldn't get convicted for. And I was like, good. <laughs> and he's like, but I'm still struggling with these things in my life, but I'm now convicted for these things. And I knew a momently, like I was like, oh, you're struggling with like lust and pornography. And I said, God wants to deliver you from that today. And I'm talking about like, this is an like, the Lord completely delivers this kid. And I'm not just talking about like deliver, like he's on all four, he's like on his hands and knees and he's like coughing by the end of it. And this like demon completely leaves. He falls on the ground, he's in tears and he's like, oh my gosh, I haven't felt this free. This is the same kid I've kept him two weeks later and he's like, yeah, I haven't been struggling with it ever since I was delivered. This kid comes running into the service. And then he shares his testimony. Another kid comes up to me and he's like, I know what he's struggling with. I need that same thing. And so he gets delivered, same thing. Text him two weeks later, he's still not struggling with that anymore. We then get kids that are getting delivered from anxiety, depression. One kid has like, like, like she's struggling with self-harm and cutting and like completely delivered in that moment. I'm telling you, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The harvest is plentiful. Pray earnestly for the Lord of the harvest. That just continued to happen. But then after that, we then have, like I'm meeting with these guys and I'm meeting with like a, a group of eight guys. And because of what God did on that Wednesday night, I have eight kids that publicly confessed for their struggle with pornography and lust, like publicly confessed and then saying like, man, I wanna get set free from this. Like I'm telling you, the Lord is just so good. He's doing things like this. But you see, I've also like, it's been really crazy. Um, because all these amazing things are happening, but man, it's been kind of like a really um, hard season too. Like there's just been even things that have been, been coming against our family. Like, like, I feel like we can't get rid of this sickness thing. Like, we're getting, like, sick after sick, and it's one week. Like, James is sick, and then he's sick again the next week with some completely different, and then Malia's getting sick. But you know, the Lord is just so glorified. Like, he's, he wins. Jesus wins. Jesus wins. But this past Monday, we had, uh, um, well, let me explain this first. Back in December, back in December, I was driving um, out of my house and um, I'm going to get groceries for my family and I'm driving down the road and as I'm driving and I'm turning the corner, I pass this house and I hear this like boom in the side of my door and I'm like, what is that? And um, I pull forward and then I hear like another like, like shot and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like someone shooting. And like, this is our neighborhood. We're living, we're over on like, like Tramway, Spain, Wantabo area. So like we live in a good part of town and it's not like, I mean like it's no perfect part, of, but it's like, you know, it's a safe, people raise a family there. It's like a safe place to live. And so um, 
I get to the grocery store and I realize that there was a gunshot like on my driver's side. I have a picture of it, actually. This was my car, this is the driver's side. If it was, the officer said like if it was inches over there would have probably, because it hit that framing, it would have like hit my door and gone through that door. Um, we came to find out that this was a neighbor who was, uh, his son has been doing this to other neighborhood, neighbors in the, like, in the neighborhood, and it's just been like an ongoing thing. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. So we file a police report. We're like trying to go after this guy. And they're like, look, you don't have enough evidence to do anything. You need like video footage. And I'm like, so are we just supposed to like just be okay with this going on? And um, fast forward to this past Monday, Malia and I go out for the day. And we're out for the day and uh, we get home and we see there was 21 shots that were fired at our house. Uh, there's a picture of it. The front windshield was like shot out. There was, then it went through the back windshield. There was three in the, there was actually four in the garage. But then three of those went into the house. And then that one wall, you see where the sheetrock, that's like James's bedroom. And like, I'm just so thankful because the Lord is just, his hand is just on us. Like even the driver's night, he's like, his hand has just been protecting us. And I don't think it's like by coincidence and I'm not like trying to over-spiritualize everything, but I do think like God is doing something and he's doing something to this church and he's gonna go after his people who are actively pursuing him and actively pursuing to reach the lost. And, um, but you know what? Like God wins at the end of it. God's gonna be glorified in the midst of it all. So look, this is, the, this is what happens. This guy, he ends up, we're filing a police report. We, um, the police come, they're like, they finally decide to do something. We're actually on the news if you wanna watch the news because we like call the news station out and they did a story on us, but it, it caused them to actually like take action the next day. So they send in crisis intervention this is a young kid who's 28 years old, suffering with a lot of mental illness and like drugs and all these other things that he's experiencing and going through. And then there's a dad in the house. So I was like, why, dad, why don't we go and um, talk to this neighbor um, since the son's not there and he's the one that's actually dangerous. And at first I'm going to talk to this neighbor where I'm like, we're gonna talk to him and we're gonna tell him this and we're gonna tell him that. And we're gonna be like, look, we're gonna press like, there's gonna be a civil suit if you don't get things worked out with your son. And I, we walk on the door and we knock on the door and the, the father comes out of the house and instantly, just like that verse, you know, Jesus had compassion for them because they were a sheep without a shepherd and my heart just feels compassion for this man. And I was like, we start talking to him and I kind of start hearing his story about his he moved here from Chicago and like he had to take care of his mom and then from taking care of his mom, he's like taking care of his wife who gets diagnosed with leukemia and then they both pass away and so he then has his son with mental health issues and then he gets into like drugs and the situation has just gotten worse and I look at him and I said, look, I know Jesus and I know that this, there's more for your son and there's more for your life can I just pray for you right now? And he breaks down in tears and he starts crying outside of his house. He's just bawling and he's just like, and I'm just praying to him. I'm just speaking like identity 
And then he even gets, becomes receptive. I'm like, look, this thing that your son is dealing with is more than just like mental health. Like this is demonic. Like there's actually a spiritual attack that's happening on your family and on your son. So we just pray for him in that. You know, I'm not saying that the Lord, and I'm praying for justice for this situation. And I'm not saying like, like to love others at the cost of like also protecting your family. But what I am saying is God's gonna call us to love people that are really hard to love and to share the gospel with people that are really hard to share the gospel with. And I'm believing there's salvation for this family and there's salvation for this father and there's salvation for this son and that God cares about these people as much as he cares about me and he cares about their situation as much as he cares about their situation. And I don't wanna like, I don't wanna get to heaven and re look at God and say like, look, I knew there was an opportunity, but I was so furious and so angry at this person, I couldn't actually show them love. I couldn't actually show them Jesus. And I'm saying there's a call over this church to love everyone, that there is a plentiful harvest. And we have to rise up. We have to get out of these walls. Look, it's safe in here. Like the world's not attacking us. Like it's safe in here. But the light doesn't shine where there's just more light. The light shines in the darkness. We are a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. We are a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. And just like this, it's like we're watching this, even this terrible situation and God's just using this situation to bring him glory. Like we're able to actually build connections with our neighbors that we like probably wouldn't have talked to. And like now we're like, building these relationship and God's even just using this situation to build unity and bring God into our neighborhood. I wasn't gonna do this, but actually we have two, our neighbors here today, they came to church this morning and that's just, I think it's a testament to this, how God will use any situation, any situation to bring him glory, to bring him glory. So why don't we stand up for I just feel, I told Stephen this, but I just feel like God wants us to even, um, I feel this spirit of just like even, there's so much God wants us to do through this house and he wants to partner with us and he wants us to step out. He wants us to step out. And so I just feel like, I feel like this just, I wanna go into a song. I don't know if Stephen has one, but I just want, <laughs> I don't know, you do have, sometimes I say things I don't realize it's funnier. <laughs> My brain's just talking. Um. <laughs> Anyways, God's calling us to step out of our homes. He's talking and calling us to step out of this home. He's calling us to just go, to go, to go, to go, to plant seeds, to plant seeds and we're not gonna have all the details and we don't know exactly what it's gonna completely look like, but that's not up to us to decide. We just need to go and God's gonna start just giving us the, the, the blessing. The blessing's gonna be in the going. You are blessed to be a blessing. And so I just feel like there's just this thing as we just go and we're just gonna sing one last worship song. And I just feel even as we sing, I want you to just come to the altar and like, I feel like there's just like a repentance today, repentance. 
and repentance to just repentance of stagnation, repentance of complacency, repentance of just not stepping out when we know we need to step out. So if that's you, I just want you to come forward now. I just want you to come forward now. Just start to come forward. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Come on, come on. And you know what? I wanna worship as a family, and I wanna worship into our destiny and who we're called to be as a church. I, I'm gonna come out and probably, I wanna pray for you. I feel like God has given me an anointing when it comes to evangelism. And so I wanna also pray even just impartation for what God has given me to give you this morning. So I'm just gonna go around and even lay hands on you as we sing this next song. And we're just gonna worship and we're just gonna repent and we're just gonna fall on our faces and just say, God, Lord, we know the laborers are few and there is a plentiful harvest and that God, it doesn't matter. Like, I just need to like, like I don't wanna be the, the I don't, I know there's only a few that are actually going, but I wanna be part of that few. I wanna be part of that few. So Father, I just thank you right now for this church. God, I thank you for the call of God that's over this house, God. I thank you for what you want to do through this, through New Life City Church, Father God. I thank you that you love this city, Father God. And I thank you that there is such a plentiful harvest, Jesus. We just pray right now that, Father, you send out laborers out of this house, Lord, that we see this mighty harvest, Father. We see this mighty harvest and that you send out laborers into this city to reach the gospel to every tribe, every tongue, every nation. That, Father, you send missionaries out of this house in Jesus' name. Father God, that we start to see as a church, we start to see as a church, that we don't need to go to another nation to see Jesus preached. We don't have to go to another nation to see miracles, but we can see it here, right here in this city, in New Mexico, in Jesus' name. Father, we just bless your name. We just pray right now for boldness. Lord, I pray for boldness every, over every person that's come forward to J. Jesus. We just bless what you're doing in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, so we're gonna worship. Look, if you need to go, you are, you are dismissed. We love you. Uh, actually, Josh has an announcement to make. But as we sing this song, after this song, he'll make that announcement. And I'm just gonna go around and pray for you guys. Come on. If faith can move the mountains, let the mountains move. We've come with expectation, waiting here for you.
just start by thanking Ethan for the word that he brought to us this morning. (laughs) 
He's a fun guy to work with. <laughs> we, just, we were just someone's birthday party last week, and then he's like, yeah, we were out today, and I, we just healed this lady, and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> we've got, oh gosh, I was like watching TV. Uh, we've got to like, we've got to do this. So he just, he's like this all the time. Um, but, um, no, so yeah, just to close this, this service today. Um, so tonight, we're gonna have a second service. It's gonna be pretty low key. Um, but to talk specifically on the baptism of the Spirit. And I don't know if you know what that is, um, which is why we're having this tonight is just, um, we're gonna have a service at six o'clock. Um, I don't know if there'll be music or not, maybe not. Um, I don't, it's not entirely planned, but we're gonna share on what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, especially after following a week last week with a lot of baptism in water, um, kind of explain what it is. And then we're just gonna pray for the outpouring of the Spirit tonight, yeah? We're gonna pray for the outpouring of the Spirit. If you've never received the baptism of the Spirit, we're gonna pray for you to receive it tonight. Um, just as like a, like a glimpse of it, is Jesus said to them, go and make disciples of all the nations. But then he's like, but I need you to wait. Go and wait until, the, until I pour out my Spirit. And that's part of accomplishing that mission. That's part of what you're gonna be doing and sharing your faith. So if that's interesting to you at all, Hey, I know we have Sunday school and we have a service this morning and it's, it's a longer service, but it's, we're just opening it up to people who are interested and who want to be there. Cool. Bless you guys. Go. Oh, six o'clock. Yeah, six o'clock. Okay. Uh, man, there's no real good way to end either. Um, it's a good thing. Jesus, we just thank you. That's prayer. Jesus, uh, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for um, just what you're doing. Completely humbled by what you're doing, God, and in awe of, of what you can do in people's lives that we can't. So we just bless you, God. We say thank you for community. Amen.